have a question for you this morning. Have you ever felt like maybe my boat is going to sink? Come on. Have you ever just gone through stuff, faced a difficult circumstance, had a question in your heart, what if I fail? You know, I think all of us go through times in our lives where we feel like our boat is gonna sink. But this morning, I, I have a deep sense that God is taking all of us on a journey. God is taking you on a journey of greater and greater destiny and purpose and future in your life. So this is a, this is a destiny message today. This is something that we need to grab hold of that's gonna impact our future today. And I know by faith, if we grab hold of the word that God has for us, we will walk out of this place closer to our future, we will walk out of this place free, we will walk out of this place strengthened, and I hope you're ready for it today. All right, so, I wanna tell you about a man named Paul. A man named Paul. Paul, we learn about in the book of Acts, had his share of failures, right? He was a Christian killer. In fact, he was trying to legally advance persecution of the Christians. This was a, a legal advocate, if you will, to killing Christians until that day when Jesus encounters him and he becomes Paul and he becomes the greatest apostle, arguably, in the Bible. So this is a man that had his share of failures, his share of struggles, his share of challenges. But I wanna take us to a part of his story where he's on a journey overseas. And I wanna take us to a, a map I'm gonna show you. And so Paul is arrested for preaching the gospel. And if you look on the, the bottom right, kind of the eastern side of the screen there, you'll see the big ocean there is the Mediterranean Sea. Where the red line starts is where he's arrested and starts his journey. And he's arrested for preaching, but they can't convict him because he's a Roman citizen, so they have to send him from Israel to Rome, across the sea. So what happens is they arrest him, they take him with some other prisoners, they're guarded by the soldiers, they find a cargo boat, they load them all into this cargo boat and they head, they head off to, to set sail. And so we're gonna zoom into the story right where you see that middle island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, it's the island of Crete. And what happens is often when they take these journeys they would have layovers just like flying who loves layovers and does air travel, you have your layover. So they have layovers, sometimes they would uh, exchange boats and, and do that sort of thing. So we zoom into the story where he's been arrested, he's with prisoners, soldiers, and a crew, there's about 300 of them on this boat. They're on the island of Crete and Paul says we need to stop because the weather was getting terrible. So the weather was getting terrible, Paul advises to not sail on but they do decide to sail on. And before we jump into this scripture, I wanna tell you the title of my message today. The title of the message today is Tie the Ropes, Toss the Cargo, Take Courage. I'm wondering if you'll say that with me. Tie the ropes, toss the cargo, take courage. That's pretty good. I'm hoping you'll say it a little louder as we go on. So join me uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 27, and this is where we're gonna start our story. Acts 27, and this is when they're about halfway through, they're on that middle island. Paul says don't go, they decide to go anyway. So we're gonna pick up in verse 13, Acts 27, 13. Y'all with me say amen. amen. All right, here we go. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly. Has that ever happened to you? And a wind of typhoon strength called a nor'easter burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind so they gave up and let it run 
before the gale. Have you ever had this situation in life when maybe you shouldn't have made that decision or maybe you thought you were going the right way, all of a sudden the weather changes and before you know it, you are out in the middle of the sea like what in the world is going on? Is it just me? Please tell me it's not just me. Has anybody gone through stuff or suddenly you find yourselves in a situation you didn't know you were gonna be there? Nevertheless, here we are. So verse 16 we sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cauda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes, say tie the ropes, around the whole of the ship to strengthen it. I'd never heard of this before. Um, any, any fishermen or people that like going out on boats? Okay, we got just a few fishermen in the house. So this was a, this was a cargo ship constructed to take long journeys. Uh, I'm sure that it was you know, made with all the, the best construction technology they had of the day. But the problem is, is the storm was stronger than the ship. And the wind started blowing and they were out in the middle of the nowhere. The, the waves started crashing, the boat was getting tossed, it was bouncing on the waves, so bad that they felt like they had to do something a little bit more dramatic. You see, the, the cargo ship would have had sails and a mast and anchors and, and they had tried all those methods to sort of weather out the storm. You know, they would, they would change the direction of the sails, they would drop the anchors, pull up the anchors, uh, leave the lifeboat out, pull the lifeboat in. They tried everything they could try, but then they tried something more dramatic. And it says that what the sailors did was they actually got ropes and they worked together to bind ropes around the ship. So they would, they would stand on either side, they would wrap it, they would pull it under, they would wrap it, they would pull it under. You guys follow me? So they, they would tie it together in knots along the way and they were doing this to hold the ship together so that it wouldn't break apart in the storm. Have you ever felt like there are some days, come on, you can be honest, we're in church. There are some days when you are doing all you can just to hold it together, just to keep everything together. So where do we find strength? When we're in a storm and we've done everything that we know how to do, all of our knowledge and all of our experience, our best construction methods are in place. The problem is, is there's always gonna be a storm that's too strong. There's always gonna be a circumstance that wasn't in your schedule, that you weren't expecting. You see, in an instant, that wind blew and blew them right out to sea. In an instant, they found themselves in a storm. So where do you and I find strength to hold it together in the storm? The first thing sounds simply, but it's incredibly profound, and it is the love of God. And here's why I say that. Let me read you a scripture out of Colossians. And this is actually Paul speaking. So I love reading the words of Paul as he wrote from the experiences that we're reading about him. Very eye-opening. In Colossians chapter three, verse 13, he says this. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. There's gonna come a time in your life, listen, most of us are independent by nature. We can figure it out. I got it covered. I don't need anybody's help. But let me tell you something. When that storm comes and you feel like your ship's about to break apart, you realize really soon that you need other people in your life. You need other people around you that will strengthen you, help you keep it together, help you get strength in the times of need. And this rope is what binds us together in strength, and it is the love of God. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 
Remember the Lord forgave you. As children of God, it's so easy for us to forget that every time we approach God, we are in a position of forgiveness, love, grace, mercy. I don't have to wake up tomorrow and wonder if God's gonna be in a bad mood. I don't have to worry that if I ask for God in the time of need, he's gonna just say, I don't feel like it today. You know what, you're really aggravating to me. Um, I'm holding a grudge against you. We stand as forgiven. The book of 1 John says that he lavishes his love upon us as a great father. It says that he is love. All of his intentions towards us are love. While we were sinners and messed up and evil and vile, he sent Jesus for you and me to forgive all of our sins in spite of our imperfections. We stand in the presence of a loving father that loves us deeply. And sometimes we allow, we allow that rope of strength to just sit there and we don't draw any strength from it. And we run the risk of our boat just splitting into pieces. So we need to remind ourselves that the love of God is a strength to us. And if we can start drawing on that strength, then we can begin drawing on the strength of each other. Because ultimately, we were not made to do this by ourselves. If you're going through a storm right now, if you're in a boat right now and you're feeling those waves crashing and you're still saying, I got this, I don't need any help, can I lovingly tell you something? You are doing it wrong. We weren't made that way. We were made to be a strength to one another. We were made to, to, to bring encouragement to one another. But what we have to do is we have to make allowances for each other's faults. Bad news, we're gonna get our feelings hurt. We're gonna get offended. The people around us are not going to be perfect. But we have to also remember, we're not perfect either. We have our faults too, right? Listen, if you wanna know how to find out all of your faults in a very, very short period of time, I have a secret for you on how you could find it out really fast. This one's for free, this isn't in the notes, this is just the bonus kit here. If you wanna find out all of your faults, right away that you didn't know about, get married. You will find out right away all the faults that you have in an instant, in an instant. There's all kinds of things that I did not know about myself that I found out real quickly. My favorite sarcastic comment from my lovely bride, Jackie, give her some love right here, she's the best. She's the best about, uh, you know, a couple months into our marriage, you know, we had passed the stage of, you know, there's kind of like a grace period where nothing bothers you. It was like the expiration of the 45 days, and she had gotten tired of stepping over those clothes, sitting on the bedroom floor one too many times, and she said, hey, newsflash, your mommy just called and she's not gonna pick up your clothes off the floor anymore, right? Hey. It's funnier because it's true. She really did say that. <laughs> but what I found out about her is she does not like to close containers on anything. Food containers, the jars, the packages. So when I would go into the pantry in the middle of the night and I'd grab a snack, it would all spill out on the floor. I grab something out of the, the uh, refrigerator, it would all dump out. She doesn't like to, to close jars. But, but the other thing she found out about me is I am an excessive floss user, so every time she goes and, and she tries to find her floss, it's gone because I use a whole thing of floss in about three days, and that's how I found out that I'm not perfect, and so we make light about it, but all of us are imperfect. We need to live with more grace for one another that we can make allowances for each other's faults. It's such a great way to live. Forgive quickly. Just know you're gonna be offended. Just know you're gonna get your feelings hurt. Because when I let go of my offense, I can pick up the rope of strength and draw strength from the relationship that you and I have. Because guess what? I need you in my life. You need me in your life. Because we're gonna draw strength from each other just like they did with that boat. They tied the ropes around, they tied it tight. And on those days where I feel like I'm doing everything I can just to hold it together, I'm gonna call you, you're gonna pray for me, God's gonna give us strength, and that's how we're gonna to weather the storm together.
One of the fibers, one of the fibers of this rope is joy. And I wanna talk just a second about joy because I think I have had a total misunderstanding of joy. Total misunderstanding. Have you ever heard the phrase, choose joy? Choose joy? That phrase ticks me off, choose joy. What, what, just choose joy? I always thought that that was just denial of reality. Everybody says choose joy, you're just, you're denying reality, you're not looking at the facts, you don't understand what I'm going through. My, my deal is serious. Well, you know, my grandfather used to always say something to me, he used to quote to me out of the book of, of Nehemiah, and he used to always say, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. This is a man that was a war veteran. This is a man that grew up in persecution. This is a man that went through many, many difficult times. And what I noticed in his life that I never noticed before is he had so much love. He loved the Lord like nobody else. If you visited his house, he would say, no one's allowed to walk out my door without praying first. He would pray to you. He would talk about his Savior he said, I fell in love with Jesus when I was 18 years old, and he did. He fell in love with Jesus, and he loved other people. And what I realized was out of that love, joy was able to flow. You see, it is kind of like choosing joy, but really, it's reminding ourselves, remember, the Lord forgave you, and he gave us his love that ties us all together. And I think when we're walking in and living in that love, it's such a a source of joy, and joy gives us even more strength to weather the storm. I think I need more joy in my life. I think you need more joy in your life. You know, Paul, this guy that went through all this stuff, you know what he said? Rejoice in the Lord always, and I don't think you were paying attention to me, so again, I say rejoice. He wasn't denying reality. He had been through three shipwrecks. He had been in prison. He had gone through all kind of stuff. This is the guy that says to have joy and to rejoice. And I think we can choose love and allow the joy to flow and be our strength. You need more joy in your life. You need to smile right now. Come on. Let me see you smile. The joy of the Lord. I'd like to show you a picture. Everybody say, tie the ropes. I had a day recently where I was just feeling it. You know, you ever just kind of just feeling the pressures of life and feeling the struggles? And this is a picture from one of our recent small groups. And man, we all, we prayed together. We encouraged each other. We took turns praying for one another. And you can see Carmen and her husband, uh, Lewis, is in front of me. You can't see him, but the reason why you can't see him is because he comes up to me, he grabs my hands, and he raises my hands and says, hey, I'm here to raise your hands and tell you that you can make it, that you have a future, that you have a destiny, that God has ordained you, that you have a purpose. I'm gonna raise your hands. I'm gonna stand next to you. Every one of us need this in our lives. Every single one of us need people in our lives that will support us, that will encourage us, that will pray for us, because I have news for you. Maybe you're the expert at some things. Maybe you can build a great boat and you know all the construction methods, but there is gonna be a time, if you haven't noticed already, that the only way that you're gonna get through that storm is with the strength and the love of your brother and your sister. In fact, put your, your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you, shake them up a little bit, tell them I need you and you need me. There you go. Tell them to tie the ropes. Now let's talk about our next point. Toss the cargo. You are gonna love this. Toss the cargo. We are now going to verse 18. Verse 18, same chapter, it says, the next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. So they had just tied it the boat to get some strength. 
Then they start throwing cargo overboard. Why did they do that? Why did they just start throwing cargo overboard? I mean, it sounds like a good idea, unless you're the owner of that ship, shipping the cargo. The cargo was the money, hello. The cargo was the job. The, the cheese, the dineros, the, the, it was, the cargo's the whole thing. That was the whole point of the trip. Toss the cargo, yeah, that sounds great. That's my cargo, I'm just out of a job. That was, that was my paycheck. Why were they doing that? Sometimes the storm gets so bad you realize you gotta lighten the load and you're not gonna make it if you don't lighten the load. But I wanna talk a little bit about what this load is because as I read this, I pictured this. I pictured they had these boxes, you know, and maybe there's all kind of different boxes in there and they're just tossing them. Plus this is probably too heavy to hit Pastor Dave there so I'm not gonna do that. Um, so this is, this is what the cargo would have been. I'm gonna put that map back up there. James, James is doing an awesome job up there. Um, yeah, I love James, he's the man. Thank you, sir. So can I, can I give you like a, a one minute little history lesson here? Um, my, my son right here, does everybody say hey to Luke? That's my number one boy right there. He told me his favorite subject is history. He got an A on his history test. I'm proud of him. So um, I did a little bit of history. He kind of inspired me to dig a little bit deeper here. So, so we talked about this journey. And if you read earlier in the book of Acts, what it tells us is more information about this boat that they were on. It says that it was an Egyptian boat from Alexandria. And you can kind of see it on the map there. So you see where Egypt is? So kind of on the, what is that, southeast, the bottom right? So there's Egypt there. You see Alexandria is a port city there on Egypt. And what they were doing is kind of going uh, counterclockwise, going across the Mediterranean. And you see that they're headed up to um, the other promised land, the land of Italy. Come on, give it up. Any Italians here? Come on. Come on, the land of Italy. That's... That's the real holy land. I'm totally kidding, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, so, so they were on their way to Italy, but history tells us that during this time period, it was about 60 AD, that Rome imported almost all of their grain and most of it was from Egypt. And so what would have been on that boat was not boxes of cargo, what would have been on that boat would have been Egyptian grain. I find this fascinating. Endure me for a minute. Let's think back to the Old Testament. Let's rewind to Genesis and then Exodus. Where were the Israelites whenever they were enslaved? Egypt. And so if you think about it, these guys' ancestors, I just said Italy so I could say these guys, so it's all right, I don't have to. So their ancestors were slaves in Egypt working the fields. They were probably harvesting this same grain that was being transported. They were out in the fields, they were being uh, oppressed for years and years and years in the desert of Egypt, harvesting this grain. And I can't help but wonder if maybe that Egyptian grain is a remnant of their past that they were attempting to carry with them to their future. And just maybe the remnants of our past are not supposed to go the distance of the journey to where you're going. Maybe God doesn't even want any reminders of what your past is to go to where you're going in your future. And so they decided to toss the cargo and I'm wondering if maybe today there's things in my life 
in your life that we need to look at and decide to toss out. Maybe we need to toss the cargo in our lives. You know, maybe it's the fear of failure or, or maybe it's a circumstance of our childhood or maybe it's a feeling of insecurity or, or maybe it's a relationship from the past. There's cargo in this room today that we need to toss out and you need to leave behind you because it's not going with you to the next stop. It's not meant to go with you to the next stop. A couple of other interesting things about grain. When grain gets wet, it gets heavier. And so as the waves were coming in, as it started to rain, it would have gotten heavier and heavier, and it would have weighed the boat down more. It also would have expanded. They probably had it packed to the gills, and if they kept it on there, it would weigh them down under the waves. It could have expanded and split the ship. So you know what? You probably have been carrying, you and I have been carrying things from our past, maybe for a very, very long time. And so what we may have to do is have Someone beside us to help us to toss the cargo. Because if that's been in there a long time, it's gonna get heavy. It's gonna get heavier and heavier as it sits there, and the longer it sits there, perhaps the more help that we're gonna need, the more support that we're gonna need, the more uh, a strength that we're need, gonna need to draw from one another. We need to toss that cargo. We need to toss that cargo today. I'm telling you, God told me, you're not gonna leave here with that cargo today. I hope that you're grasping this. Let me tell you something else about, about uh, grain. As it got wet, the other thing that would happen is not only would it become heavy, it would become moldy. And they'd be carrying some spoiled food with them on the journey. You know, when I was a kid, I was a teenager, I got a job at a restaurant and uh, I won't name it to protect the innocent, but I worked at this, this restaurant, and my job was I was part of the, the cooking team. I'm not gonna even say a, a chef, but as part of the cooking team, and I would make the side dishes, and so, you know, I'd make the, the mashed potatoes and the green beans and the cornbread, and I would do quality control on every batch and eat it to make sure that it was good, and I had a friend that worked back there in the kitchen with me. He was a little bit of a nut. And uh, his job was to take the raw chickens and put them on the skewer so that they could be uh, on the rotisserie. Don't be incriminating in your mind. It's not the restaurant you're thinking about, but I worked at that one too. So, <laughs> so, so that was his job, and, and he was kind of crazy to be honest with you. Sometimes he would throw the raw chickens and sometimes he would drop the raw chickens and that's why I'm not telling you, you would not want to eat at this place. So often he would leave, um, how can I say this nicely, chicken debris on the floor in the kitchen. You said ooh with debris. I was gonna say guts, but I'm not gonna, I, I said it. So the, he left that on the floor and one day I finished my, sh uh, my shift at work. It was late at night. I, I walk out, I walk through the area where he had kindly deposited his chicken remains and stepped through it without knowing because the lights were dim and I was fortunate enough to carry that home with me stuck in the bottom of my shoes and then as I did every day, I would take my shoes off and I would set them in the garage and I didn't have to work for the rest of the weekend which allowed time for the uh, Florida summer 100 degree weather to heat up that garage and it rained a little bit to get some moisture and some heat in the garage cooking those shoes until on the third day it was not the resurrection but there was something that was arising in the house and it was a terrible smell. And so our whole family, I lived at home at the time, my parents were scavenging through the whole house to figure out what in the world is that smell and they were turning it, the house upside down, looking in the closets, looking in the bedrooms and they couldn't find it until finally they realized where it was coming from which was in the garage and you know what I had to do? I had to throw those shoes in the garbage. In the garbage, this is what Paul says in Philippians. Philippians three, he says, I once thought these things were valuable 
but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Skip to verse 13, it says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Today you gotta toss the cargo out of your life. It's heavy, it's moldy, it's stinky, it's weighing you down, it's reminding you of your past and it's keeping you from your future. And I don't know what that cargo is in your life. You know, maybe you have been, uh, there's people in this room where there have been words said to you that you are not worth anything, that you are not valuable, that you are not gonna amount to anything. That is cargo, and it's been sitting there for a long time, and it gets heavy, and it hurts. But when you come through the storms, you realize that it's holding you back from your future. So maybe there's words that have been spoken against you that you just need to acknowledge those, and you need to toss that cargo out of your boat today today. Now listen, I'm not making light of this. I'm not saying that it's easy. It's often a process. But what I am here to do today is to declare this word over you that you can begin the process of tossing all this stuff out. And don't beat yourself up if it doesn't happen in an instant. You may need to have people in your life. You may need Christian counseling. You may need to to, reconcile with some people, that is okay, but we have to start the process of tossing this cargo out of our lives. Some of us have toxic relationships from our past. We still wanna hang out with the same crew. We still wanna go to the same places. We're not gonna go to where we're going if we're still hanging out in the same places of the past. I know you're paying attention, Aunt Fran. I was just checking. (laughs) Toss the cargo. Say that with me. Toss the cargo. (laughs) Don't you want to get rid of that stuff in your life? Listen, really quickly. I want to go to take courage. Take courage. Take courage. James, would you take me to uh, verse 22, please, my friend up there, doing awesome. So we're in this storm, and then Paul says stands up in front of everybody, they've lost all hope, and in verse 22 he says this, but take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. That's what I wanna tell you today, maybe your ship is going down, maybe you feel like you're gonna sink, but you are not going to lose the life that God has for you. I came to tell you that even though the enemy might come to kill, to steal, to destroy things out of your life, the Lord has an abundant life in store for you today, so you can take courage. You can take courage. You see, sometimes we do have to do some things in the natural to allow God to have access through our faith to do the supernatural. And if we'll do the things like tighten the ropes of love in our lives and get other people in our lives to help strengthen us and have the joy of the Lord and toss all this stuff out of our lives, you know what? We may not have anything left to do, and we say, God, I've done all that I know to do, so now I'm just gonna take courage that you're with me, that you have a plan, and that's exactly what God says. So if you go to verse 23, this is what Paul says. He says, for last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, don't be afraid, for surely you will stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So, verse 25, take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. Do you have courage to face the cargo in your life today? Do you have courage to toss it out? Do you have courage to continue the journey to where God has for you this morning? I don't want you to leave this place the same way that you came in. And I know that that's something that we say every time, but sometimes, We get into this boat. We ignore this rope. I come in here, I give someone the cold shoulder because I had a bad day. Someone hurt my feelings, so I completely separate myself from them, and then I can't draw any strength. 
I can't draw any strength from them. I can't draw any strength from my heavenly father. Listen, listen, God's throwing you a lifeline this morning. He's saying, come. He's saying, come, grab hold of my love. I have something for you. I have a destiny for you. You gotta take hold of it. You gotta take courage. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you stand with me this morning? I don't know whatever the cargo is that you've got, but I know you're carrying some. I don't know what the heaviness is that's weighing you down, but God wants to lift that thing off of you today. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus as we raise our hands to you in a sign of surrender. Lord, there are people in this place that are ready to take hold of their future, the destiny that you have for them. And Lord, there's cargo in our lives that are weighing us down. And the food is spoiled anyway. And it's Egyptian grain from the past. And it's reminding me of what I once was. There's some of us in here today that the enemy is constantly reminding you of who you were. He's saying, you're not a child of God. You can't go take hold of your future. Do you know what you did? Today's the day where you toss that regret into the sea. Guess what? You say, I've failed, I've messed up, there's no hope for me, I can't go further anymore because of what I've done, and we carry regret. And we carry regret because we failed. Let me tell you something. Paul was a Christian killer, and Jesus redeemed him to preach the gospel and to write the Bible. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It's time to cost, toss that cargo into the sea. It's time to take hold of your future. Father, in Jesus' name, we, your people, stand before you, God, ready to take hold of our future. We wanna continue the journey. God, and maybe I'm, I'm on an Egyptian boat and it's carrying Egyptian grain and it's spoiled and it's weighing me down and maybe that boat is gonna go down but you have a brand new ship for me for the next part of the journey. You have brand new cargo for me for the next part of the journey. stop now because you're going to continue on your journey. There are some of you that are carrying a heavy load, and I don't want us to waste any time. I want you to come forward here, have someone pray with you, make a declaration that you're tossing some of that stuff out of your life. Do you know why we come, and you guys come as I'm talking, do you know why we come and get prayer? It's because some of that stuff has been weighing us down and it's too heavy to carry by ourselves. And sometimes you need someone else in your life to grab the other side and help you toss that out. So you come, 
Don't leave with that in your life. of us go through things in our lives that are traumatic. We go through traumas, we go through hurts, and they weigh us down, and they stay in our lives, and they make life heavier and heavier as life goes on, and it gets more and more spoiled as life goes on, and through different seasons of life, we see it come up, but God does not want you to leave today with heaviness remaining in your life. Today is a day of healing, and this move is supernatural. When God comes into a situation of trauma, where there's been hurt, when there's been legitimate wounds, he comes in supernaturally with healing, with love, with forgiveness, with restoration, with reconciliation. And so today I speak healing over the hurts that you've experienced. And you know what, it wasn't your fault. Somebody needs to hear that, it wasn't your fault. Just let it go and allow the Lord to heal you today and he will do it. There are others of us today that have struggles in our marriages because of offense. And there's things that have wounded us and we feel like we can't go any further we feel like we can't go to the next destination. Today is a turning point. You have two choices. You can continue to carry that cargo until it drags you all the way down onto the ocean floor, or you can decide to say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me and start the process of reconciliation, of love coming back into the relationship. Because not only does God want to restore, God wants your relationship to be strong, that you can bring strength to each other, that you can bring strength to others. And I speak to marriages that have been attacked by wind and by waves and by wrestling. And the enemy says that you are not going to make it to the shore in the name of Jesus, your marriage is healed, it is restored, it is renewed. In the name of Jesus, there is joy, there is love, there is forgiveness.
sometimes it can be a process, but sometimes the Lord just decides to come in and intervene instantaneously. And there are many of us that struggle with addictions and there is no shame in that. In fact, shame is something that holds us back from our freedom. And so if you already know that God is not shaming you, but he loved us all while we were yet sinners, we can take hold of the forgiveness. We can take hold of the rescue that he has in our lives today. And there are addictions in this place that God can heal right now at 1226 p.m. You are addicted. You are struggling. You don't think that you can get out. You feel like you are trapped. You feel like you can't see a way out. You feel like you can't see the light of day. Somebody said this week, you said, I feel like I can't see the light of day. Well, you know what? Weeping may come at the nighttime, but joy is gonna come in the morning. There's day coming for you. In the name of Jesus, we speak freedom. In the name of Jesus, we speak deliverance. We speak rescue. You are set free from the bondage of addiction. You are set free. And there is no shame, there is no condemnation, there is no judgment. This is a time when you are gonna walk out of this place free. If that's you, I want you to raise your hands, I want you to come to the front, I want you to give that thing to God because he does not want you to leave with that cargo in your boat today. Some of us have been on a journey for quite some time and we've never made the decision to just grab the rope, to just grab the lifeline that God has provided to us. The only way to walk in your full destiny is a life with Jesus. The only way to fully become all that God designed you to be is to walk lockstep with his son because his son came to give you life. His son came to give you freedom. His son came to unlock the purpose inside of you that God created from the very moment that you were formed as a baby. God had a purpose for you. He had a destiny for you. He had a plan for you. Why are you gonna keep going through this storm without Jesus in your life? Are you gonna keep going another day, another week, another month, another year when Jesus is calling towards you and he wants to love you and he wants to rescue you? Today's a day to get right with the Lord. Today's a day to walk with the love of the Father that gave everything for you. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation. That's what the enemy does. The devil tries to remind you of your past. The devil tries to shame you. The devil tries to keep you away from your purpose by saying there's no way that God can forgive a person like me. God can forgive everybody. Paul, the Christian killer, forgiven and used for a mighty purpose. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you come from. God can forgive you in an instant if you call upon his name. If that's you and you need Jesus in your life, I want you to raise your hand. You say, I need Jesus in my life. I'm not walking with him. He is not in my boat. I am going through this storm all by myself and I need the Lord in my life. He is throwing me a lifeline and I am not going to ignore it today. If that's you, raise your hand and come down here to the front and come walk into the arms of a loving father. Come on down, if that's you, I wanna call you into the kingdom today. If there's any others, come quickly, come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. You need the Lord, you need him now. The storm is raging, you can't wait any longer. You gotta come now, you gotta come now. Listen, I have this urgency in me. None of us are promised another day. None of us are promised another day. You don't know when that boat is gonna sink. 
You don't know when that storm is gonna hit. You may not have tomorrow. You have to come to Jesus now, 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 now. All of you that are here are stepping into a family. And this is not for you to do this by yourself anymore. I meant everything I said from my heart. Everybody in this building here is a family that loves you, that wants to be a strength in your life. And we wanna rally around you as a family. So it doesn't matter what your past is, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, what you struggle with, we come to Jesus just like we are. He came to earth just like we are. He didn't wait until we were better. So we're gonna say a prayer. We're gonna invite Jesus to take over. We're gonna invite Jesus to come in. We're gonna invite him to save us so that we can walk to our future and to our destiny. So dear Jesus, I put my faith in you that you died on the cross for my sins. I confess and believe that you are the Lord of my life and I will follow you all of my days. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for your grace and thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen.